I think the first year was about 28% below market value. So when we refinanced and we took it to a mortgage lender or a bank, we got all of our cash back and sometimes a bit more. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Kemi Egan. Hi, Kemi. Hey, how you going? Doing really well. Thank you for joining us. Kemi's joining us all the way from London, England, where you probably picked up on her accent, or if not, you will. She is the author of the international bestseller, The Power of Real Estate Investing. She is the co-founder of Freedom Academies and Freedom Investment, and she's got a very fun and popular podcast that she just recently launched. Go check it out. It's called Host, or she is the she is the host of Turbocharge Your Success. She's talking to me about an episode that she's got that's coming up, and it sounds incredibly inspiring. So definitely go check it out. And if her guests aren't inspiring enough that she has on her podcast, her own story is inspiring. She went from being homeless, homeless to having a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in just 12 months. So obviously there's a couple questions I'd like to ask you, but before I do, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, sure. So hey, best ever listeners, I hope you're all great. Um, like you said, I'm Kemi. I'm a real estate investor and entrepreneur. I grew up uh, in a really kind of, you know, broke, I guess is the only way to put it, family. Um, my mom, my you know, my father left us when we were young, so my mum was doing everything by herself and juggling jobs and things. And no one in my family had ever gone to college or anything like that. So that was a traditional advice. Everyone said to me, you know, you want things to be different, go off to college, Kem. Great idea. I'm really grateful to them for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I graduated as a physical therapist. And my plan was to you know, change the world through healthcare. So in the UK, a lot of it's free, but that means you have massive waiting lists and, you know, accessibility is terrible. And I want to bridge the gap between kind of uh, affordable private healthcare and the free stuff. Anyway, really quickly, I became pretty, pretty good at it, if I'm honest. I was traveling with international sports teams. I was being kind of recruited here, there and everywhere. Um, And I decided to open a, a private health practice of my own. I wanted to bring the skills I had learned from other experts in traveling into one place that people could come to me. And that was fabulous, except I was terrible at business like flat out awful. So I was great at what I did, but had no idea about the business side. And at the time we we launched, you know, the recession was kind of in, in swing. A lot of our business came from insurance companies, you know, if you've had a car accident or been hurt at work, referrals from, from things like that. And a lot of them went under. So they not only took a lot of our client base with them, they took 
thousands of pounds that they owed us. So I sold everything I could off. I did everything to try and kind of make it through this situation. And there was no real way forward. I couldn't afford to live and pay my house bills and keep the business running. And unfortunately, the business had director's guarantees, I had personal loans, you know, I was up to my ears in it. And it couldn't, I couldn't afford to shut it, which is the most ridiculous situation I think I've ever heard of. I was too broke to fail. So the only thing it left me with was moving into, you know, the, the office and trying to work while I was, you know, showering at the community centre across the road and eating whatever you could out of a microwave. So needless to say, my, my grand plan didn't quite go to plan. And there was just a, you know, there's a few months that I was properly at rock bottom, just, you know, eating crap, drinking too much, just feeling generally sorry for myself. And I just it realised, to be honest, in a, in a real flash of, I don't know, inspiration, that while I was sat there blaming the recession and blaming this, that and the other, that there were people in the world that were successful. You know, as I was sat there moping around, someone somewhere was making cash. So I couldn't blame everything else. It had to be something to do with me. Uh, and that day I made a decision, like, you know, I committed to getting educated and I committed to doing whatever it could to to figure out the success secrets. Um, and off I went from there. So let's talk about some specifics on the off I went from there part, because that's what I'm really curious about. You went from showering at a community center and eating microwave popcorn at best, probably, yep. to having a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in 12 months. Specifically, how did you do that? So initially, I just read every book I could get my hands on, you know, from personal development to wealth to real estate to managing finances, just everything I possibly could. And then I began to go to some kind of one day taster seminars and conferences. Um, and I, I eventually went to a, a, I think it was a three day thing, um, two or three, three day real estate courses. You know, they were they were fantastic. They they obviously give you a lot of education, but not a lot of practicality. And some of the advice is a little bit outdated. All it showed me is that there was a whole world out there that I just never heard of. And I didn't even know you had more than one house. Who does that? So I set about networking. I went to meet business meetings to real estate networking meetings. I just hustled. I went everywhere I could in probably a two month space. And from there, I, you know, I figured out what I wanted to do, what my plan was, and that was to get passive income. That's what I desperately needed was more cash coming in every month. Um, and I began researching the areas in the UK that you can get the best return with some potential for capital growth. And when visiting, I started talking to estate agents, talking to, you know, the window cleaner, talking to the cabbie. And all of this was happening simultaneously. So while I was building relationships at these networking groups with people that I didn't realize at the time, but people that had cash to invest, people that were credit worthy, people that were looking to get their money working harder for them, I was also getting deals. And it almost happened kind of coincidentally that one day, I had an offer accepted. I nearly fell off my chair. So I had an offer accepted on a property that I had absolutely no clue how I was going to pay for and went to a networking event. And I happened to be sat down chatting to this guy and said, oh, I've actually just, you know, I've just had this. You know, I don't know what to do with it. It was kind of it was literally that. And he said, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll do that with you if you want. You do the work. I'll pay for it. Let's split the profits. And that was, you know, the first foray into investing, my first realisation that, Actually, people gave you money or invested in you. And once I did one, we got a, about six weeks down the line. He said, well, you know, let's do three or four more. 
And a funny thing happens that when you begin something, you get this confidence and you get a sense of belief. And, you know, I was homeless, so I was rock bottom at the time. But suddenly I felt like I had a worth. I had something to give. I knew that on top of being a physical therapist, I could be good at this. So I then took my examples and took what I had done to other meetings and I met more investors and it just snowballed from there. Because the reality is we all look at ourselves and think, why would someone invest in me or why would they do this when they can do that? But people buy from people. What I'm proud of myself for is that, you know, I'm authentic, I'm genuine, I'm hardworking. I don't want to rip anyone off or be a real estate scammer. I just do what I do and I love it. And people can see that. So actually, when it comes to where to put their cash, you know, they were more than happy to invest in me. So many life lessons and real estate lessons that you mentioned there. And I'll talk through some of them in the summary at the end. But I have a a couple of follow-up questions. So just, just to clarify, were you doing rehabs and were you holding on to the property with the investor or what was the business model? Yeah, so that's what I was doing. We were rehabbing and then letting out and keeping hold of them. On the whole, we managed to get them 20, I think the first year was about 28% below market value. So when we refinanced and we took it to a mortgage lender or a bank, we got all of our cash back and sometimes a bit more. Got it. And and you just continue to build the portfolio from there. Yeah, that's right. Have you ever invested or do you, how, how familiar are you with investing in the United States? Because I, I'd like to ask you kind of the unique aspects of investing in the UK versus investing here. Yeah, I've done a little bit and we've got a couple of JV partners out in the, the US. What I think is massively different is you guys have a lot more space other than, you know, New York, Chicago, L.A. You have a lot more space. So we have to do everything in in as much compact space as you possibly can. So we are now becoming increasingly popular at what we call uh, houses of multiple occupation. So you'll take a, a five bedroom family unit and separate it into five individual rooms so everyone has their own room but they share a living room and a kitchen and it's because the the cost of living here the cost of rent is so expensive that we've actually found a really affordable kind of way of providing great quality homes and that was something that is largely unheard about where you guys are so that was a massive difference And the other difference is that, you know, I love the US. You guys are so straight up and you'll negotiate your backsides off. And, you know, the British, we're very reserved. (laughs) In general, bargaining and negotiating is a bit of a bad word. (laughs) So I think I I was a bit horrified, but it was brilliant the first time I saw how you just go at it and have really honest conversations with vendors. And I learned a lot from that, actually, and was able to bring it back. So they're probably the two biggest things I notice. When you are looking at a property and you find the property, how, how are you finding it? What, what are some ways that you are finding these deals? Yeah, so we have a, a load of stuff going on. We've got lead generation websites, um, you know, the typical, you look into sell your house, stick your details in here. We do leafleting through the door. We have, we do loads of JVs actually. So things with window cleaners, gardeners, hairdressers, um, cabbies, taxi drivers, anyone that comes in contact with the general public will say to them, look, I'd love to put a sign in your window. Um, We'll pay you $100 a month or whatever for that. And if we get a deal from it, we'll pay you, you know, another $500 or $1,000. And what happens is you suddenly have a network of salesmen out there for you because who knows what's going on in your neighborhood better than those guys. So rather than trying to be everywhere and get everywhere, get these people out, you know, let them earn some, some money as well. 
and you're already, I find, over halfway there because if someone's been recommended or referred to you, a lot of the hard work's done for you. You've been introduced, so their sense of security is is way lower. They're not assuming you're some scammer, big corporate conglomerate from the, you know, whoever. They know that you've got a name, you've got a number, and they've been passed your details. Um, we do bin stickers. So on kind of trash cans outside, or stick kind of text here if you're looking to sell your home. We do some big ugly marketing, you know, the yellow bandit boards. We have a huge variety that we have out. uh, And sometimes it varies depending on the time of year and sometimes it varies depending on the neighbourhood. Um, but we use a whole wide range of, of things to make sure we capture as many people as we can. Kimmy, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best ever is, I just kind of touched on it earlier, but it's that people buy from people. And someone, you know, I was struggling with, with getting some offers accepted a few years ago. And this is me just give them what they want. And as I'm sure you know, you know, people, it's not really about the money often. So if someone's trying to sell their home, it's not about the money, it's about their situation. So they might need to upsize, downsize, move place. So you need to give them what they want and they'll give you what you want. So my best piece of advice is these six words. What would you like to happen? You know, it doesn't matter what situation it is. Sometimes I'll say to you, oh, I can't accept that offer because of blah. So, okay, what would you like to happen? Or you might be with a, a real estate or a joint venture partner that's potential and they've got, you know, a couple of concerns. And they say to you, what about security? Or what about if you run away? Your answer is just, what would you like to happen? And let them tell you what they want. And, you know, it's our job as professional investors to find a way to make that happen. When you ask that question, what would you like to happen? And they say, I want this property to sell for $10 billion. And you know, they're like, they're categorically crazy. <laughs> How do you respond to that? Yeah, I guess there are, there's generally two levels of crazy. So the first one is usually people that have been misled by agents who have got their deal. So we all know that you know often realtors will overvalue a house so that you'll sign up with them to sell it. So sometimes they've been misled and they think their house is worth more than it is. And in which case I try and educate them, I show them comparables. But I also say, look, you know, there are some advanced techniques like I'm sure you're familiar with purchase options. So absolutely, I'll buy your house at $300,000, Mr. Seller, but I can't do it right now. I can buy it from you in five years. And in the meantime, take over your mortgage and make all your payments. It will let you move on and it will let you get the price you want, but just in a, in a little while longer. How does that sound? The flip side is if they are a proper crazy and they come back with a $10 billion, <laughs> I say, OK, that's not a problem. But what I need is this. Is there a way we can meet in the middle? And again, let them come up with a solution. Well, then that would be a $5 billion price tag. You think you can handle that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> $5 billion paid out by a penny a day for the next 10 billion years. <laughs> Yeah, at no percent. Yeah, no percent. Exactly. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. First, a quick word from our best ever sponsors. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F. L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Best ever book you've read. This one's like asking me who my favorite child is. The best ever book is probably Brian Tracy Goals. What'd you learn from that book? That more than anything else, our mindset controls our situation. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing. If there's something you want, learn how to set a goal, learn how to make it achievable and get out there and do it. 
Best Ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learn from it. Being homeless, because I learned responsibility. It's a, it's a scary thing when you accept that you've created everything around you and everything is in your control, but it's also massively empowering. Because when you know that it's on you and you've potentially caused it, you know that you can solve it and you can get yourself out of it. Best ever success habit you practice. Controlling my time, like my life depends on it. Because there's always so many people that are determined to get hold of your time that, you know, everyone... Your builder wants something, your manager wants something, your assistant wants something. And unless you learn to control your time, you'll never achieve your goals. So I massively control my time. You know, I group things together. So I reply to emails at the same time and things like that, because it's your your time you can never get back. Best ever deal you've done? So the one that comes to mind is probably not, it might not be the, the best financially, although it's a pretty good one. It was one that I really enjoyed. So a, a couple of properties came on the market. They were owned by the same family. They'd been in the family for a long time. And there were massive, massive Georgian properties, so kind of the double-fronted, the old kind of English castle type look. Um, and they came on for about $2.3 million combined. Um, and there were all these investors, the, the developers, I should call them, sniffing around. You know, the people that as soon as the market looks good will happily pay over the odds. And then we found out that the council, our local planning department, had refused planning permission on any flats in the area for the last year. So all the development value went out of the window and all these so-called professional developers went running away because there's nothing you can do with it. Who needs, you know, a 12 bedroom house now, blah, blah, blah. And I went to the council and I said, OK, you know, I get that you don't want this to be flat. You're trying to preserve family units. That's fine. However, there isn't a demand in this area for that. And you must know that. What is it you would like? What do you need? And they told me they wanted more units for assisted living. So as people get older, you know, they might need a a smaller flat, but also space for their carer. And we managed to get them to approve. So we still converted into flats, but they were called assisted living. And actually the value of each flat that we split the building into probably went up by another 50% because they were assisted living flats. So just by having a conversation and by digging a bit deeper, We made a whole lump of cash when everyone else ran away scared. And I love that. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Probably Freedom Academies, actually. It's our our training company. I'm really enjoying kind of sharing in a really real real way everything I've learned. So it's not a real estate project, but it's something I'm massively excited about. Best ever way you like to give back? I am a huge fan of using entrepreneurship to give back. So... At the moment, you know, I'm an entrepreneur in residence in a couple of colleges. Um, We recently did a conference where all the proceeds went to a couple of schools out in Kenya. And I I love anything that could combine training and teaching people to transform their lives and using that to to give back. So, like I said, we did the conference. We trained a few hundred people on, on real estate and entrepreneurship and all the profits went out to Kenya. So it was kind of a, well, it was definitely a win win. Best ever quote. First, they will laugh, then they will copy. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Chasing deals. I think we're all quite emotional, or I certainly can be quite emotional, and you get your teeth stuck in something, or you get excited about something, and an offer will be rejected, or someone else will come in higher. And especially, you know, in the first couple of years, I had a tendency to chase them. So I'd go in a bit higher, a bit higher, or I'd concede more than made it a, a great deal. And what I learned is that any deal I chase, anything I push too hard on, it doesn't work. So don't chase anything. Have your 
parameters set up beforehand so you might have you know what makes this a profitable flip for you and you've got what you're looking for don't vary from that don't waver just trust in the process and know that another deal will come along soon and lastly what's the best ever place to reach you i'm really i'm on twitter quite a lot so at kem egan or shoot over to www.freedomacademies.com and come say hi to me there. Kemi, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. And this is a conversation about your story with a practical guide for how to make it happen. I mean, you went from showering at the community center and eating my whatever you could put in the microwave. I won't even ask what you're putting in that microwave. I don't want to know. Don't ask. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I hope you've drank lots of water and green drinks since then. I'll just say that. I do. I'm a juicing fanatic now. Oh, you and I are kindred spirits then. First thing I do every morning is drink wheatgrass. And, you know, to now you've got a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio and you did it in 12 months from where you were before. And I like how whenever you were talking about how to do it, well, I take a lot of notes on these calls and I wrote down your steps. First, you got educated. So you read every book. Um, Then you attended all the seminars. So you got the foundation. And and this is actually the step-by-step process that I think makes the most sense because we should always start with the foundation. So become well-read. Then once you're well-read, then you can learn from seminars. Because if you're not well-read and you attend a seminar, then you don't quite know if they're taking you for a ride or not. So you've got to have that foundation first. Then you went to networking meetings. Then you build a plan to build passive income. You did the research on the markets that have the best passive income. You talked to window cleaners, cabbies, and you got a sense for those markets. Then lo and behold, you got an offer accepted and you had no clue how you're going to pay for it. But because you had built up that track record and as you said, you were being genuine and people buy from people, you're being authentic and you're excited about what you're doing, you're loving what you're doing. That came off and a gentleman said, hey, I'd like to do that. I'll pay for it. It went well. And then it snowballed from there. And your specific business model was buying for lower than what it's worth, rehabbing, renting it out, doing a cash out refinance. In some cases, you're able to get that cash back out, the majority of your cash back out, and then you do it again. And I think that's just a great business model. I love that you took us through that step-by-step process. And I'm very grateful to have you on the show and hear your story. So thank you so much. And lastly, is there anything else you want to mention to the best ever listeners that we didn't talk about? No, just thanks so much for having me. Thanks to the best ever listeners. I hope you you found some value in this. And, you know, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, the chances are you're in a better situation than I am or I was, sorry, when I was homeless. So it's all out there. Just, Just go and get it. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever. 